to be honest, although all of the sort of um, Teletubby land stuff is pretty difficult going, the little documentaries they show in the middle are just brilliant. They have like a little video of just someone's life. Yeah. And it might be like a little kid getting a tabla lesson from his dad, or it might be just a conversation between a mum and her daughter and they're just only speaking in Russian. Like, it's a really nice variety of... I was really impressed when I saw that on Teletubbies, but I, that was when I was like a teenager, when yeah. it first started. So I don't know if they still do that. I feel like a lot of it probably traces back to Sesame Street. You know, at some point they had to, they figured out that we have also have to keep the parents entertained. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But Sesame Street is so another level of excellent though i just yeah. don't think anything's ever been as good as that especially not when it was you know the real yeah. jim henson days just remarkable what about music what does a 10 year old listen to is there any common ground there well she listens to what we listen to in the house really <laughs> she doesn't have her own taste yet she does and she, there's certain things that she likes but yeah. she's been the stuff she's been exposed to is mainly the stuff that we listen to okay so She's got her favourite bits of that. Yeah. But there's also the school input. So there's like, we live in Paris, so she gets a lot of French pop music okay. from school when they do like, you know, dancey yeah. projects at playtime or whatever. So that stuff is sort of slowly starting to matriculate into the house? Kind of. And she's introduced us to some good stuff. There's a Belgian yeah. artist called Stromé, who's just brilliant. I mean, it's complete hardcore European pop, <laughs> but he's just a genius. Dance music? Yeah, dance yeah. music. He's an amazing dancer. Yeah. His lyrics are great. Yeah. Would she think it's cool to have two parents who make music for a living? She didn't used to, but I think she's slowly starting to think that it's cool now. Yeah. Which I feel like needs to be we need to be careful about because you know, it's easy to just it's like sometimes she'll ask me like if I say oh, I'm gonna go and play a show with someone. Yeah. They're like she'll say she'll ask me if, if they're famous. Yeah. And I'll be like, Well they're doing a show so some people have heard of them but sure. they're not Beyonce yeah but you know what is famous I have to have it's an interesting discussion to have with her when we talk about sort of celebrity I suspect this rough too because you know all of the downsides of doing this for a living so it's kind yeah. of wanting her to do the thing that she wants to do but also maybe wanting to move her in the direction of something that's going to be maybe a little less heartbreaking I don't know yeah I mean I think she is fairly aware of how hard it is because yeah. she spent a lot of her life being on tour with us okay and so she's had her own sort of grind to deal with yeah. in that respect. But also, I think when she was quite young, someone people would ask her, like, oh, do you want to be a musician like your mummy and daddy when you grow up? I think one time she was like, no. Um, and someone said, why? And she said something like she would she wanted to earn more money or yeah. something. I think she was only three or something. It's a very practical three-year-old. <laughs> but, like, it was shocking to me that she yeah. was aware of the fact that, you know, just the whole earning money thing. Because I feel like it's... Even as adults, we can get a little bit... Um, yeah too focused on that or something yeah i'm sure it's it's also it's a real it's a real issue we all have to pay for this for our lives in this culture that's been built for us but um it's not nice when everyone defaults to that as their root reason for everything you think after time you just overhear enough conversations of your parents complaining about maybe or of other people as well i mean i I don't feel like um because i really try not to do the whole no we're not going to do that because it's really expensive yeah. or here's a treat it's really expensive like yeah. I don't want to sort of worship Put a value the, on the money, money. Yeah. it's not for me it's it's sort of an inconvenience not a 
not a goal yeah. <laughs> to mean money. Yeah. But, well, clearly, uh, <laughs> you know, given the path that you, you took yeah. in life. But, um, yeah, she, she works her own... She's pretty good at being her own thing. Yeah. What you do for a living is a very difficult thing for a child to understand. You know, she, she's in the... She's kind of in on the touring thing a little bit, but that yeah. probably complicates things even more than, like, here's, here's a record that I produce. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's, she's just grown up around it, so I think she's got a fairly okay idea. At the same time, there are big holes where I'm probably assuming she knows the yeah. deal and she probably has no idea what the deal is. But, but yeah, she has a pretty good grasp of what it is that I do because she's spent so much time being with me while I do it. Yeah. Was that a tough decision early on to bring her touring? Well, not really because... Well, why would I want to leave her behind yeah. as a baby? You know. Yeah, that's fair. In terms of like continuing to tour and maybe, or did did you did you take a hiatus at any point? Um, not really. I think I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it yeah. would have been a good idea. But I think I started doing gigs again when she was like three months old, and it was yeah. way too soon for me anyway. So I would recommend anyone thinking about starting gigs before yeah. a year. Um, but it's doable. It's, it's fine actually. It's case by case. And she coped fine. And also, if you're breastfeeding, it's just really easy. Yeah. You don't need to pack anything. It actually gets harder as they get older, right? Yeah. Because they actually have to be, you know, exist in the world. And they walk around and stuff. Yeah. But it, when when they just when you just have to sort of like strap them on your back and get on with it, it's yeah. fine. She was an inspiration for the title track on the new record. Mm, not really, but kind of through her. Yeah. A friend was teaching her a clapping rhyme, and then the moonshine freeze part of that clapping rhyme stuck in my head and yeah. became the song. Is that pretty standard for you when you're writing songs is just sort of carrying a fragment of an idea around until it... Yeah, it's pretty sort of collage based, I think, yeah. the way I write songs. I'll get really hooked on certain little phrases that either I've come up with or that I've heard somewhere and I can't get rid of them until I've built a song around them or something like that. Are you a note keeper? Yeah. Okay, so you have notebooks. These aren't yeah. just existing in your head. Yeah, no, I don't have a super yeah. brain. I just have lots of notebooks. How do those fragments come together? Well, I just have to find the time and the space to sit down and yeah. sift through it all. I'll do like multiple filtration sort out sessions and I'll work out, oh, that's actually about the same thing. You know, those two bits of writing that I wrote months yeah. apart are actually definitely about the same thing. And I'll hook them all up and then sometimes there'll be things that aren't about the same thing but I really enjoy seeing them together and it makes an interesting story yeah. imagining they are about the same thing. I'm picturing that when you watch a movie or TV show about the FBI hunting down a serial killer and there's yeah. just that wall with all the pieces of yarn. Yeah, it, <laughs> is, a little, it is a little bit like that. Yeah. I mean, I do actually literally like cut bits up and like yeah. put them in piles and arrange them and then write them out again and then cut them up again like it's quite so it is that sort of quite um play school -y. yeah what was that the Burroughs thing I think he called them cut ups yeah exactly on one page you're trying to find where the pieces connect but the flip side of that is almost trying to find things that are in opposition or yeah, things just that the sort of fit together in interesting of, ways yeah just the game of seeing what comes out by accident so it starts as a phrase yes I think often or a few phrases yeah it starts as an idea and a phrase and then more phrases grow out of that mm -hmm. and then I'll see what I can find musically that sits with it what seemed interesting in the way that you described I think this new album specifically was being able to associate certain songs with places yeah and sort of 
images as well because sometimes I don't know where the place is but I can see I can see something yeah <laughs> but when it's an actual real world place when it's somewhere that you've been I, yeah I think you I think one of them you were described was like a swimming hole yeah in, in England it sounded like yeah exactly um, what is that connection exactly well just it's always fascinated me when you're in water you're yeah. in dark water and what is it that freaks you out about being in dark water and how could we reason with ourselves about yeah. the fact that you're not in a place where there's sea monsters or whatever nothing's going to drag you down but you, your brain still goes there yeah. especially when there's sort of you know foliage and like seaweed and yeah. you just get really imaginative when there's shadows our brains just go off on one it's a dark vision in a sense yeah. isn't it it's a little bit scary yeah totally is yeah. the song scary in the same way um part of it is because part yeah. of it definitely sings about being in this dark water and um, thinking you're seeing stuff but it's actually yeah. it's just your own shadow I mean we've all had that even in shallow clear water yeah. you're just like what was that oh it's alright it's just my leg like and I feel like that happens in life as well and in our thoughts and in our sort of experiences we'll sort of think get a squiffy idea of a situation and then mm -hmm. later on we'll be like oh no it was just that it's fine at what point does that association really become clear to you? I mean, is it, is it once a song is kind of written and in the bag? Or I think so, yeah. I think afterwards I'll see the threads that um, make sense often afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Often when I'm writing it as well, though, but usually I have to sort of stand back and almost listen to it with other people listening to get a different set of ears on it. Hmm. It's a bit like when you watch your favorite film with yeah. a friend and you're yeah. like oh this seems quite different now <laughs> like yeah. sort of so often i'll have to play songs live that aren't officially finished but in doing so i sort of hear them a little bit maybe through the eyes of the audience or my band mates and then that helps me decide what's going on is that actually you actively getting feedback from other people or no it's just me being able to use their ears yeah. or my imagined version of their ears yeah so i mean but people do give feedback france is a place where people give a lot of feedback a lot of technical like oh i like the way you use the minor chord and that and then yeah. you know and i sort of think okay is that useful feedback is that the kind of feedback you want or do you want hey that was i don't a good mind song. it like okay. i'm touched that they are thinking yeah. about it and they're hearing it and they're noticing yeah. stuff but i don't know what to say back yeah and i'm not going to change the song if they said you should change that bit. I'm a bit contrary as well. So if, they, if someone did say, why don't you try uh, not using a capo? I'd be like, fuck that, I'm going to use a capo forever. <laughs> so, yeah. It's also a very different way of listening to music. That visceral reaction that some people have and actually yeah. you know, going into the music, the music theory behind it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess as someone who doesn't particularly have any music theory, yeah. it's interesting for me, but it's also a different language that I can't... Um, is a tool that I can't 100% yeah. access. Like I can, you know, major, minor, I'm all right with that. But when you start talking <laughs> about like flattened fits, and yeah. like, it's not what I've learned yet. Is that in the plans? Yeah, it's, the, you know, yeah. it's always, the plan is always to keep learning and to uh, acquire more tools. Yeah. You strike me as, you know, based on this conversation, at least as being pretty solitary when it comes to actually writing the music. Is yeah. that fair? Well spotted, I am. Yeah. Yeah, I need to sort of work on that a little bit because is that a, is it's, that kind a bad of, thing? it's kind of to the point where if there's anyone else in the flat where we okay. live, I struggle a little bit. Yeah. So I need to get better at that. But 
Yeah, solitary writer. In terms of when you actually want to show something to someone, it needs mm -hmm. to be fully formed? No, it doesn't need to be fully formed, but maybe I need to play it as if it's fully formed or something. Yeah. That's often, maybe that's why I often try new material out at gigs to give myself the sort of the, okay, the sort of dry run of yeah. like, okay, if this was a finished song, this would be how it went. But then it will continue to change after that, but it's just I have to sort of tell myself this is finished or something. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because it's, it's clearly not a case of the nerves. If you're able to go up and write a song that yeah. isn't finished, you're clearly pretty comfortable in performing in front of other people. It may be. I mean, that is... I just feel like, well, that's what I do. And if people aren't enjoying it, they can leave the room. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's... I mean, you know, this is... I mean, maybe it's me, like, passing the buck of responsibility, but if I've been asked to do a show, I'll come on and do the show. And people can listen or they don't have to listen. And obviously the, the process of actually, you know, of, of writing a song and performing a song are two very different things. Yeah. What in the process, what point in the process are you where you can't, you absolutely can't do something with other people around? Is it just sort of sitting there and putting the yeah, pieces together? Yeah, I'm not very good, well, writing stuff, I'm not really good at writing yeah. with other people around. There's certain people that I can write with. There's a musician called Rachel Dad who I used to be in a band with. She's amazingly talented yeah. and open and great to write with. And I haven't had many other encounters where I feel as uninhibited as I do when I'm with her. I get pretty paranoid and cagey when I'm trying to, like jamming, for example. I just really have to learn how to do that. Yeah. Because I just clamp up and just sort of think, oh no, well, I don't know what I think. I just, my brain freezes and everyone else is just sort of grooving along with each other. And I'm just sitting there going, no, nothing. No, nothing. So I'd like to get better at that. I feel like it's me being too uptight. Can you pinpoint what... Because you've worked with a ton of people and you've worked with obviously a lot of really talented people yeah. who have been in bands and who yeah. have collaborated with a lot of other people. Can you pinpoint what worked with her that doesn't necessarily work with other people? Yeah, um, just a real... She really communicated a yeah. feeling of non-judgment yeah. and everything is okay. Like, I feel like I've worked with, a f I've had a few encounters with musicians over the years where, it, where they'll take the piss out of someone or they'll say, or they'll be a bit derogatory about stuff, which yeah. makes me think, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try anything now because, which is really bad. It's yeah. pointless. Do you just sort of clamp up? Yeah. So that's on my list of things to work yeah. on. Do you feel like you're sort of precious about your ideas? I mean, if somebody tells you something's a bad idea, you're not open to that? Mm, I usually am uh, open to it, but I'm a very slow processor. Yeah. So like they'll say it and then it'll take me a long time to work out if I agree or not. Yeah. Maybe take all of that feedback, leave, then come back. Yeah, exactly. And the songs will be a little more fully formed. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a... Uh, yeah, it just does depend. And again, I have that combined with my contrary streak. People have to be careful what they reckon. What they they have to sort of use reverse psychology, yeah. I think, and stuff like that. So I'm just like, mm, well, in that case, I'm only going to play that one note for ten minutes. It's a little ironic that the band, in a sense, isn't really a. It's it's not a well-defined group of people necessarily. I mean, you played with a lot of the same people. Yeah, these days it is pretty well-defined. Okay. It's been like the past couple of years. It's pretty established. Jamie, Rosie, Neil, and me. And then more recently, when we 
when it's possible we have a little horn section with us mm-hmm. and again Jesse Moe's dad who used to be in the band joins in when he can and when it's school holidays but otherwise we're taking turns like being at home with her sounds like you need to surround yourself with people who know what you want without really necessarily being able to, to vocalize it um maybe yeah does it sound like that yeah I, I wonder actually if I, because they're such sort of dear close friends and I, and what they think matters to yeah. me, I think it's harder with them than with other people. Like today I was, hmm. no, yesterday I was doing some work. It's with, harder to collaborate with them? Not to collaborate, but just um, the fear of the judgment yeah. is more intense, I think, yeah. with people that you hold dear. Whereas... Uh, it's true that when I play with people I don't know so well, it is a lot freer and easier. I guess it's easier to write some of that feedback off if you don't really deeply trust somebody's opinion, right? They could just Maybe. be wrong. But also, I'm always up for trying it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, it depends. It's such a case-by-case thing as well, because sometimes yeah. you're working with someone whose energy is so sort of aggressive and pushy that you just sort of think, ugh. And then yeah. you're working with someone else that's just really open and um, fun and everything's fine and you can take criticism and it's great. You've, you've, you've definitely, you know, over the years sort of uh, collected a group of people though who you, you keep coming back to. I guess so, yeah, but I feel like it also keeps growing like in this job, in a lot of jobs, but, yeah. but I guess this is the job I do so this is the job I notice it in. <laughs> you meet people and then before you know it you know more people than you used to and then you meet more people you know sure. it, it just it keeps yeah. growing the sort of community that you sort of work in and move in and it's important to work with different people in terms of taking a different approach and coming up with different ideas yeah definitely yeah. and just simply you know doing stuff that you're a bit daunted about I think is quite good it's nice to do that trying to get it outside of your comfort zone a little yeah, bit yeah exactly it's, it's just nice working with different people meeting different people and playing music is a nice way of meeting people because well these t- are times of a lot of um, visual stuff and spoken stuff like it's a time like we get very lazy is the wrong word but sometimes I feel like spoken exchange we miss a lot of stuff and when you're doing other stuff be it music or dance or even like playing cards or something there's a different exchange of energy and like you meet people in a different way and I really like that. I find myself trying to be better about this both as somebody who interviews people and also Mm -hmm. just a human being about you know we all I think we all sort of get caught up in the trap of waiting to speak yeah and because of that it's easy to miss what the other person's saying. Yes it's true you're sort of going Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, what did they just say? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not much of a musician myself, and I, I, I don't really play with anyone else. Is a musical exchange that much different from conversation when it comes to actually really being collaborative and, and hearing the other person out? I don't think it's easier, but it's just different. It's just sort of, it's like brushing your teeth with the other hand. Yeah. It's going to get areas that don't get got. Yeah. With the other hand, yeah. <laughs> like it's just... She has a microphone in one of her hands, so the <laughs> pantomime is not working out that well. But it's just gonna different um, stuff's yeah. gonna bubble up when you're yeah. using a different medium, I guess. 
if that's the right word. Even if you're doing a good job of listening to the other person, you are still sort of waiting to fill in the, the, the gap, fill in yeah, the silence. Yeah, I guess people are worried about the gap. Yeah. And I guess that's a trap that people fall into with music as well. They're worried about not having something to play or playing the same thing too many times. or So the same pitfalls are there, I guess. Yeah. But I think it's important to... Yeah, to not mind about gaps in conversation. It sounds like you're coming to the band with a pretty, a relatively fully formed piece of music. They bring loads, though. Like, all of their sort of talents and special powers (laughs) just really make a huge difference on the tracks. And there are occasionally there's a track that just nothing works and it's just always going to be a solo track, really. Hmm. But usually they just bring really great stuff that makes it more fun for me to play but I also really believe that if a song is going to exist as a song it has to be able to stand the playing yeah. on your own test yeah like I, I don't feel like it, I don't ever want to sort of get dependent on the band as padding like I love playing with them and it's my preferred probably way of playing the songs but I really believe that the song has to work on its own yeah as well it's my goal I set myself. So you have two distinct sets of songs. You have you have band songs and solo songs. Kind of. Most of them are band songs, but there yeah. are there are a few which are just me or my own songs. Yeah. And those those make it onto the albums as well. Yeah. They just exist with you playing. Yeah. By yourself. Or with like a little bit of you know in the recording, it's fun for someone to do some atmospheric bits and bobs or whatever. Yeah. But usually live, I'll just do them on my own. You're working with a producer that you worked with. Yes, that's many years ago now. Yeah, like 10 years ago, I think. It's a long yeah. time ago now. But I mean, in a sense, that's almost like bringing another band member in, right? Yeah, completely. Partly because he's a really excellent musician. Yeah. And when he plays whatever he plays, it's really beautiful. And and partly because, yeah, his ears are as important as someone playing an instrument. Just in terms... He's got incredible perspective and stamina and just... He can just hear everything mm-hmm. at once, whereas I feel like I'm sort of like this up against the song and can't sort of hear it or see it properly, yeah. whereas he's just got the really good skills. And he's just a brilliant energy as well, because that's an important thing in a band is the sort of group dynamics and the energy and the chemistry. And he's John's just a great person to be in the room with. Mm. Really good. And just you learn so much from just watching him and nothing getting said. How different is a song ultimately, you know, versus those first several times when you're playing it out in the world and then when you finally get into the studio? Is there a, a marked transformation between those two places? It depends on the songs. Some of them are very similar to when I first mm-hmm. played them unfinished on my own, and then some of them are just um, on a different planet now. Some of them are yeah. just, were already where they should be yeah. when you were playing them earlier? But most of them have been, yeah, the band has brought really nice stuff to them. And also Jesse has did some lovely arrangements on this, just for like horns and strings and stuff. That's what he really enjoys doing. So that was nice to make the most of that. That's a sign of a good collaborator. That's a sign of a good band member or producer is knowing, not necessarily feeling obligated to put their mark on something and letting something just kind of be in the world if it makes sense like that exactly because it can be it can be really dangerous when everyone wants to exactly as you yeah. say make their mark on the track and 
but I feel like I'm really lucky with the people I work with ego wise there's very minimal difficulties mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're the one who gets to have the ego right Cause yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day it helps to have a, a very sort of clear dynamic of how those things work I mean mm-hmm. I and I was, I was just read, I was reading that Springsteen biography. I don't know that one that came out like a year or so ago. And okay. He, and he says that he says that at one point of there was that moment that I realized that like this had to be like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and not not the E Street Band that yeah. it made sense to have somebody you know making some of the calls, being in charge, not not you know, and not necessarily being like you know megalomaniacal about it, but yeah. really kind of helping direct the bands. I mean, that's that's when a lot of groups get in trouble is yeah. when there's no clear Musical direction. differences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and that, when yeah. there's just, and, and, and that's that's how you end up being a little bit rudderless, right, is when yeah. there's no sort of clear clear way forward. And when you come with a set of songs, at the very least, you have a very definite starting point. Yeah, exactly. But I guess also, I mean, with the history of This Is The Kit, I mean, it was just me on my own yeah. for for years before I started playing with anyone else so that sort of established me as the sort of dictator as it were the sort of yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah everyone gets along really well and manages in a very nice way so far I feel very lucky <laughs> why did that that transition occur initially why did it turn into more of a, a band project because mm, it's nice playing with people yeah yeah, it just feels good to learn from other people and have that exchange and that dialogue again. Yeah. It is a conversation when you're playing with people. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes people... Yeah, it's just nice to play together. I, I talk to a lot of cartoonists on the show, and, it's and like, cartoonists and writers are the most solitary jobs, and, I, and just... Yeah. It's a very specific personality type that has to be okay with doing that all the time okay. and you're um you know it sounds like you get a little bit of the best of both worlds and that you get to be you get to have that solitary moment yeah you get to work on something wait till it's you know as baked as you want it to be and then bring it to the group it, i think there is a real balance to be aware of in just in our lives as human beings i think it's important to know how much solitude you need yeah and how much um other people you need because yeah. well I mean I'm sure it depends person by person but you just need both and yeah. I need both and I need to be careful how I dose it <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure having a kid around changes the dynamic quite a bit well exactly I mean yeah alone time is a really rare thing once yeah. you have a kid or more than one kid heaven forbid <laughs> so You've got, yeah, you have to sort of um, really fight for yeah. your time management a bit. I was freelancing for a number of years and I mm-hmm. and I had to, to do that. I had to set aside a very sp- specific sp- hours during the day, almost treat yeah. it like it was, you know, a regular day job. And, and to the point, I, I felt, I was feel really, really bad about this, but I was living with a girlfriend at the time in a small uh, New York City apartment. Yeah. And I had I had to say because she was she was home freelancing. I had to say when <laughs> such a dick comment, but like when the doors <laughs> closed, like I that's my no, time. but you need to because yeah. then you're pleased to see each other afterwards. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really hard working because yeah. I have that as well. Me and Jesse both work from home yeah. in the same room, and it's really 
inexplicable like I can't explain why it's so hard but it's really yeah. hard and and also when you're self-employed there is no end there's no there's always more to do yeah so you do have to be strict and say okay it's five o'clock now yeah you know school's finished office time is out like and I really need that Jesse's a little bit more 24 hour grinding away at it and I struggle with that because he's in the room and I'm trying to yeah. sort of not be in the office mode maybe not necessarily feel bad about the fact that you're not working at the same time yeah or just annoyed that he's not coming and like yeah. having a meal with us yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's hard but it's a problem that everyone has it's definitely a problem with creative people as far as when, you, when you're a writer and when it's your job to kind of have all these in a sense be constantly working on an idea like yeah, how do you, you take time off from that you can't choose when yeah. you get inspired either yeah. So you do have to just go with it when it happens. And then there's other times when you have to make time for it to happen and you're sitting there and this is the designated time and nothing's happening. You just think, well, yeah. this is a waste of time. Nothing's happening. So it's, yeah, it's not very easy to know how to navigate it all. You can't force yourself to write or feel like you have to put out, a, like work on a certain number of songs in a certain time period? No, I mean, I try and keep writing. Like if I find a day when I actually can write, then I will write, but it might be letters or it might be lists, you know, but I just have to go in the headspace of words and physically yeah. writing. And then often I'll get more into the zone from that, from just sort of organizing my thoughts or just writing a letter to someone, sort of unblock stuff a bit maybe. Shut the computer off? Yeah, totally. Get away from the screen. Yeah. Horrible, horrible screen that just stops you from doing anything creative. <laughs> the thing that I found talking to a lot of writers and, and songwriters is like the big breakthrough so many of them have is when they figure out the best hours for them. You know, if they figure yeah. out if they're morning or night people. And it really, I mean, it obviously differs from person to person. Yeah. And I feel like, and for me, it's like I have to have like an eight hour stretch of no interruptions wow. otherwise that's a, full, that's a full work day it's ridiculous yeah. but because it means that if I've got but I might get a song written very rarely but I might make a lot of get a lot of work done let's say in two hours hmm. but if I've only got two hours I will never get anything done Yeah. because I just will feel the tick tock of like how long have I got now how long have I got now but yeah I'm really bad at just needing acres of time ahead of me otherwise I don't like fully go deep into what I'm doing Maybe it's bad but it's good that you know that you're able to do that a lot of people don't have the discipline to set aside well, that time I don't have the discipline I mean it's terrible I mean, <laughs> if you're setting aside time there's some there's some discipline yeah, I mean occasionally level, I'll right? get occasionally I'll get yeah. around to doing it but most of the time you're like oh yeah. gotta go and put the washing machine on oh gotta just oh this person wants me yeah. to send them that file okay oh, oh and I've got to do that now so it's it is I need to basically book in retreats where I just go to a cave <laughs> for two weeks and do that. Are you meditating at all? I don't meditate. I would like to sort of know how to. Yeah. But I do think it's important to sort of be sort of alone with your silence and just sort of Yeah, be in the moment. Yeah. Just try and but it would be nice to sort of I mean I don't maybe I can just do it without anyone telling me how to do it yeah, but I feel like I I'd like so. some tips yeah I could probably do with some tips meditation tips it, it a, a creativity is funny because you know you feel like you don't want to rely on any sorts of tricks and hooks but you need mm. those in order to just sort of exist and definitely and things, you need right? you need to sort of 
the blank space time is just as important as the wow loads of ideas yeah. time but it's very easy to th- feel guilty about the blank space time because you're like I'm not doing anything yeah. I'm wasting my time but it's actually you need it otherwise you're not going to get anything done how do you quantify whether you've used your time well or been successful I mean like you know, I, I, I write a certain number of articles, you know, a, a day or a week, and it's mm-hmm. easier for me to, to look back at those numbers and feel like I've been productive. Yeah. But you're dealing with abstractions here. Yeah, it's not very sort of tangible. I think it just depends on how I'm doing. <laughs> like, if I've been having enough, like... Your mental state? Yeah, green, <laughs> if I've been eating enough greens and getting enough sleep... Okay. Then I'll be like, it's all right. Yeah. Today went all right. I did. I this. didn't cry at that. all that today. Like, yeah. You know, this is just the germination, or you know, yeah. I was a bit productive. That's fine. Or I, but if I'm run down, and uh, not getting the nutrients I need, <laughs> be it like food nutrients yeah. or just like soul food, you know, like enough music or walks yeah. or whatever. That's hard to manage on the then, road, though. Um, I have to imagine. Yeah, some people are good at managing it, some yeah. people aren't. But yeah, if I'm in a good place, I usually feel okay about what I've done with my day. And if I'm in a bad place, I usually think, oh no, I fucked it all up. What a waste. But yeah, I think everyone gets that. How do you know when a song's at a point where, not, not necessarily done, but where you're actually ready to bring it to the band and to show it to people? Um, well, I can remember the words. <laughs> I think. When it sticks? Yeah. Yeah. When yeah, when I've sort of got it, when it's sort of looping a little bit in my head, and I yeah. and I feel up for uh. singing it, and I can remember the words yeah. and how to play it, then I'll try it out in public. And when when is it clear that it's time? I mean, again, this is a case where because so much of it's on you. Yeah. Um, when is it clear that it's time to start really working in earnest on a record? Hmm. Well, let's think. I feel like each record I've made has been so different in that respect each time. The first album had loads of songs building up ever since I'd left school or whatever. The first album's always the easiest in a way, isn't it? Maybe. You've just got loads of material. (laughs) The hardest bit is just choosing which of the... Editing. Editing, yeah. The second one kind of got a bit written, like, was probably mostly written when we started recording it but then some other songs got written and snuck in there at the end bashed out was with Aaron there was a there was like a week when he was free so that was when we had to go and start doing it but only half the album was written like there was loads of stuff is that why it's called bashed out (laughs) no it's not but (laughs) but at the same time it does fit rather well so so we did it in two sort of clumps I went over we did the first bunch of songs and then we worked on some unfinished bits and then I finished them off in the gap in between yeah and went back and finished them so yeah sometimes it's like a stressful homework assignment we're like okay in the studio tomorrow yeah like I haven't finished this but with this album it was nice because everything was written yeah it's great I was pleased about that because it's really stressful when it isn't written and you've got to go in the studio and do it. But, but you, know, may, you know, maybe you do need to sort of impose some very specific deadlines on yourself in order to actually make that progress, right? Because, it's, again, it's easy to get... Again, complacent probably isn't the right word. Yeah. But it's easy to sort of time... Put stuff just, off. Yeah. It's true, but I'm someone, again... I think deadlines have the opposite effect of me. I mm. get like a sort of rabbit yeah. in the headlights effect. I'm like, and I just freeze. 
and don't get anything done. Whereas it's like me needing a whole like full day of, of solitude to get anything done. When I know that I'm not, um, when I know that no one's waiting for me, I'm much more yeah. productive. So the, like, in a way, this is like, this is our like, this is this is our adult album. You know, this is like we're grown ups now. We're gonna yeah. do this. We're basically gonna do this the right way. We're yeah. gonna have all the songs written. Yeah. <laughs> all of the homework's gonna be done, and then we're gonna go into the studio and record it. Yeah, that was how it worked out, and I'm really pleased about that because yeah. it meant that it was a lot. It was less stressful as a process. It was great. We just went in two weeks, got everyone to come and yeah. play. It just was such. It was really intense, but it was such a pleasure. <laughs> D- does that mean that you don't necessarily allow yourself room to play around and to improvise as much when everything's already written up front? Um, no, there was still room for playing yeah. around because even if I finished the songs, the arrangements were still to be finalised, and then the band, some mm-hmm. of the songs, the band had been playing live, so they'd got their stuff built already but some of them definitely not so it was just kind of building the tracks up from scratch and that's just a nice process to do with everyone so yeah it depended it was varied it's interesting to have a song that in the entire process of of not only writing it but really going out performing it where it feels like a really kind of organic living thing that's changing from night to night yeah and is going into the studio and putting that on tape, is that kind of the end of that process? Is it like... No. It's it's not trapped in amber? Yeah, not for me anyway. Yeah. In a way, it's almost like the starting point, even. Mm. Like, the songs are sort of taking shape before the album, and then they take shape for the album. Yeah. And then that's when the sort of journey and experimenting begins after that mm. as well. You, they just keep growing and changing. But not always. Some songs we've been playing the same way for years. Yeah. But other songs and we sort of mess around with and have fun with changing. Yeah, for me, albums aren't definitive versions. They're like a, re- a recording of what happened when all of these people got together and yeah. worked together. A document. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the songs, they just keep shifting around. Yeah. For me anyway, songs just keep changing. Sometimes I change the lyrics, sometimes I'm like, you know change something else yeah depends <laughs> you're in an interesting limbo time right now though right because the album isn't quite out in the world yeah the songs are on tape yeah and you're playing them. what's the status you know is that is that um you know you feel like you've got a pretty like finalized version of the song at least one on tape yeah kind of but at the same time sometimes i like keeping the recorded the album version as yeah. that because that it was a certain moment and a certain time and certain people. Yeah. And then live, for s- sometimes it just doesn't seem appropriate or worth it trying to recreate that. You just have yeah. to use what you've got there at the gig rather than try and... Yeah. I don't feel too precious about... <laughs> well, maybe that's, is that, maybe that's me being precious yeah. about, about the re- recorded maybe. versions. It's either me being precious or me not being precious. Or it depends both. on expectations. It depends on yeah. the expectations of the people coming to the show. And yeah. You want to give them a little bit of that. You're wanting them to at least recognize the oh, song. Oh, yeah, totally, exactly. And they do. And, and maybe when I think about the changes I've made to certain songs, maybe no one else would notice yeah. that. And it would just be, yeah. for them, it's a carbon copy of the recording, which is fine as well. 
Yeah. Does this feel different in terms of pr the pressure as far as being a, a rough trade album, as far as, you know, you you about to play your largest show ever? Yeah, it feels like there are more people involved in the project now, and I feel, I do feel the weight of responsibility in terms yeah. of what I do affects their jobs now. So that stresses me out a little bit. <laughs> But you seem pretty calm right now before going on stage in, in an well, hour or so. This is my job is to appear calm. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was funny though when you were coming in. You know, I know that you had some like you had some travel problems getting back and forth, and you were yeah. you were apologizing to somebody about the extra time that it took. If this is the frazzled version of you, I, I would like to see the calm version of you because you seem. I'm not frazzled. <laughs> okay. Like, this is just normal. There's always stuff to sort of... Yeah, yeah. There's always stuff that overruns and you've got, you know... I'm not feeling frazzled yeah. today. I'm really excited about playing with Josh and yeah. Adam and Jonah and also Rosie and Jamie. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Tika play. Yeah. Don't feel too frazzled today. Feeling pretty yeah. good. I felt frazzled on the bus to the Bronx but I've, I'm over that now because it's all in the past. Having a kid is one of those things where it's like it puts puts things into perspective about yeah. what you freak out about. I think you're right. You just sort of think, on we plod. Everyone's still alive. Let's keep going. <laughs> there you go. Those Kate Stables from This Is the Kit. Really, really enjoyed that conversation, and I should uh, say that's the reason why we were talking about Sesame Street and Teletubbies off the top was she had a wallet on the table that had a character from Adventure Time on it, so we uh, ended up talking about that for a little bit, the fact that it was something that um, she actually got into uh, independently of her child, but uh, something that they've since bonded over. Uh, thanks so much to her for taking the time to do that. We did that conversation at Babies All Right in Brooklyn. Thanks to uh, Hector at Chromatic for setting that up. Uh, you can check out Kate's new record, the new This Is The Kit record. It's uh, out recently on uh, Rough Trade. It's called Moonshine Freeze. Highly recommend it. Uh, thanks so much to her. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, please consider rating us on iTunes. That sort of thing is extremely helpful. I can't stress that enough. Uh, when we're actually going out into the world and requesting guests for the show, that actually really helps us to show that we've got a lot of, uh, as, as we call it in the industry, user engagement. It helps with whatever weird back-end algorithm that iTunes uses as well to rank shows. Uh, so super helpful. Please consider doing that. If you've got any, any uh, cash to spend, please consider supporting us over on our Patreon. Uh, this is kind of a money-losing endeavor for us at the moment. We're not running ads, so uh, we uh, we pay for, for hosting ourselves, and I'm actually uh, editing the program at this point so uh, yeah, any money you could toss our way would be super useful uh or just you know please consider uh, recommending the show if you liked it uh, if you've got any feedback it's rylcast at gmail.com follow us on tumblr that's rylcast.tumblr.com that is the first and best place to get all of your r-i-y-l related information everything goes up on there first uh like us on facebook and i think that's about all i got for this week so stick around because we'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of r-i-y-l